All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Kings and Priests podcast. It's good to have you with us. And our sponsor this month is Better Together. Uh, Better Together is a nonprofit organization that helps parents who are going through a difficult time keep their children out of foster care, helps them find work and address the root causes of their struggle so that they can reunite as a family with the tools and support system to thrive. So uh, they're privately funded, volunteer driven, and uh, they have a couple of programs. One is called the Better Families Program where host families are able to uh, care for children in their home while the parents of the children work with a mentor to get back on their feet. Uh, the, the other program that I actually really love and think is incredible is called the Better Jobs Program. So this was created to address the 76% of families uh, who can trace their housing crisis uh, to job loss. And so through local church partners, the program provides supportive job fairs and job coaching. So they partner with churches from all around the country. Those churches then get entrepreneurs and business people from their churches to say, hey, we'll donate and offer up an hour of our time a week to give job coaching, helping people make resumes um, who are coming out of a difficult time. So it's a really, really cool uh, organization, and they're our sponsor this, this month. So Better Together. Uh, you can check out their website. We'll get those links to the show notes, get your church involved and find out more about what they're doing. Dean. Hey, what's up? Firstly, what a great sponsor. I love that. Yeah. They're um, amazing. Based in, based in Florida. Um, cool. well, where and, I happen uh, to be right now. Where you happen to be. Sunny West Palm beach where nice. it's actually not been sunny. Um, it's been like almost a mini hurricane for three days. <laughs> so it was good. Been indoors, been at a great conference, spent some time with John Maxwell and a bunch of church growth guys and you know doing my thing drumming up a bit of business and, there you go uh, yeah it's been good west palm beach is a pretty place to do it right you know what i've never been here i never have either yeah um, so but you know even in trump, the, is, the trump has invited me like, trump has invited me a few times to mar-a-lago but i, I have just always been busy see, i've always been busy when he invites can, me you know i can almost <laughs> see mar-a-lago it's like just <laughs> over there <laughs> oh man um well okay today's gonna be fun because i've got uh a quote from peter Thiel that we're gonna dissect uh i think we're going to um dissect some recent comments that our uh friend jason calcanis made Ooh, um, okay. that i think will be will be really fun and then um if we get to it we're going to talk about advertising legends, uh, David Ogilvy's, Ogilvy's rules for business. So first, let me pull up this uh, Peter Thiel quote because I think it's really interesting. The idea here is that, uh, and this is from the Founders podcast, which if you don't listen yeah. to, you absolutely need to. Great, it, is, great uh, it is phenomenal. Uh, and he's done a few episodes on Peter Thiel. But here's a quote from Peter Thiel on distribution. Uh, he says this, he says, it's better to think of distribution as something essential to the design of your product. If you've invented something new, but you haven't invented an effective way to sell it, you have a bad business, no matter how good the product. Then he says, superior sales and distribution by itself can create a monopoly, even with no product differentiation. The converse is not true. No matter how strong your product, even if it e easily fits into already identify, uh, already established habits, and anybody who tries it likes it immediately. You must still support it with a strong distribution plan. So yeah. I think the basic argument this is bringing up is, is a good product good enough? And what is the most important product or sales and distribution of that product? Yeah. So obviously, Peter Thiel calls himself the contrarian with that opinion. What do you think about that? 
well, I can hear all the product guys' heads exploding, right? Like, uh, yeah. They're like, <laughs> yeah. no, all you got to do is build the perfect product and it's going to sell itself. Mm -hmm. um, the sales guys here, I've known this for a very long time. Mm -hmm. that, we've always um, been right. We've always we, been right. We've no. always been right. <laughs> um, and I agree with Peter Thiel on just about everything. I, I do think, um, obviously, it's both, right? Like, you've got to have a product that, you know, finds product market fit. Um, serve some kind of need, fixes some kind of problem, fills some kind of gap, does something better. It's a better mousetrap, whatever. So you've got to have the product, obviously. But really, if you don't have a way to get that thing out in front of eyeballs and getting people buying it, you're dead in the water. There's been a, a million great products that have never sold. And so, you know, like, think back to, like, the infomercial days. You know, when I was growing up, probably less so now, they're still around. But you get these guys on, on television, like, Okay, in the modern like parlance is the my pillow guy. Yes. Yeah. Okay? So <laughs> it looked like and I read some of his book, um, he developed this pillow and he would go to trade shows and he would sell the pillow. Or he'd go to these events. And then like he obviously is a good salesman. Oh, I've tried them like I'm not anti my pillow. It just doesn't work <laughs> for me. I need a lot more support than the little yeah. chunks yeah. of foam. My yeah. wife happens to love it, so we, we okay. have a ton of them. Um, but I like, I need a foamy thing kind of in my neck. Anyway, mm -hmm. that guy obviously built a product and he, after he got some kind of product market fit, he just bought every time slot, like on Fox news for the last like 10 years. And I don't know what his revenue is, but you know, that's kind of a classic, it, right? His distribution was him for 60 seconds, six times an hour on Fox news telling people, and and that's just that was his distribution. You dial the number and away you go. Like mm -hmm. that's that's kind of easy to understand. Software um, is different. Um, you build your product and somehow and usually you don't have the money to, to get Google ads in the early days, right? You gotta you know, in the early days we created content mm -hmm. that talked about the product. Mm -hmm. That when people started searching, you know, church giving, mobile giving, we'd written but by now, like we have 350,000 people a month visit our blog because of mm -hmm. eight years of content. So that's a, that's a, that's a long game, but it's cost mm -hmm. you nothing. You just got to write a blog mm -hmm. every day, edit mm -hmm. it. That gets, now like, you just got to use chat GPT. Now just use you know chat GPT I mean? for, and literally in five minutes and I've done it a bunch. Mm -hmm. um, we're doing it for sermon prep soon. Shameless plugs mm -hmm. coming out. Mm -hmm. It's going to blow mm -hmm. people's minds. Um, it, but it basically is going to, you'd be able to write, write a blog in five minutes. And it's not like, mm -hmm. hey, Jack, KPT, write a blog about, you know, digital giving. It's like, hey, give me five points on this. Give me three examples on that. Show me some research on this. And then you just say, um, edit the above into mm -hmm. 800 words. And bam. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's about five minutes work. So it's, yeah. And there's this new quote that uh, I've been seeing going around lately that attention is the new oil. And mm -hmm. in so many ways, that's true. I was just interviewing a guy named Justin Wise. He said, you know, I've consulted with, he's a head digital marketing agency for a long time, helping small businesses and medium-sized businesses. And he said, it's the same every time I talk to anyone. I saw your content online. Mm -hmm. I'm on your email list. How do we work mm -hmm. together? He said, right. if like, that's the, he said, that's yeah. it every single yeah. time. If you can figure that out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, distribution. Um, are there any products you can think of though? that maybe started like like i was just trying to think is there any is there any product that we can think of or that we can trace back and go okay maybe 
maybe the product was just that good. Like a product that's oh. really difficult to get or, I mean, you know, not, not a commodity or something that you have to have, but like, I was yeah. trying to think, like, is something that's just that? I mean, Apple is probably mm -hmm. in my head. Close. You know, they just made product. They had a brand, they had a name. But, you know, the, the early products were tough. And remember the, that big all-in-one colorful, I can't remember what it's called now, mm -hmm. probably early thousands. Um, mm -hmm. The products were just awesome. And Johnny Ive just, and so the iPhone comes out, everybody knows Apple and Job stands up and, you know, the iPod is like, here's a thousand songs in my pocket. It's like mm -hmm. this genius stuff. But then you bought the product, you fell in love with the product and you never left. Like mm -hmm. Apple people never become Android people. I, I, I don't right. know what the, the numbers are. I guarantee you it's less mm -hmm. than, yeah, it doesn't zero, yeah, zero you don't switch percent. unless you have to. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Once the ecosystem mm -hmm. just sucks you in forever, right? Yeah, they, they exactly. got a new lightning cord. You know, every five years it drives everyone insane, but it's just been right. <laughs> um, you know, I can think, think about services. You know, products are uh, think about having a service. You know, like our favorite plumber that we always talk about. His distribution mm -hmm. is word of mouth, happy customers telling other people. Right? He can put he can put his phone number on his trucks. He can, you know, go and kind of rustle up business. But really, if you're in services, it's all referral. And mm -hmm. that's the cheapest and best way. Um, it's the same for software too. Like, hey, I've been using this. You should use that. Um, that's why you should always look after your customers, make sure they're happy, make sure they're going to tell 10 friends about the great experience you gave them, go over the top on service, and you create a distribution network of happy customers. Pretty easy to do. And almost free. Yeah, no, that's great. Okay, next up, I, I, I and and listen, before I pick on Jason Kalkanis, <laughs> I want to at least let everybody know, part of his brand is a, like he likes to troll a bit online. Totally. So you can't ever tell. Mouth, for sure. Yeah, he's smash mouth. And you also, you, you know, he, he likes to cause controversy. He, he knows what he's yep. doing on that front. So before yep. we jump into this, I, I, you know, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus because he is a provocateur, but... So um, last week, this guy who I don't follow posts uh, a new um, memo that went out to all of the employees at one of the largest law firms that uh, reps big tech companies. And it was this new um, basically directive. And, and he posted, this guy posted, and it's, it says this. It says, the new non-negotiable expectations. Uh, and so they sent this around to the whole staff. And I want to read some of these to you. And then I want to show you what Jason Kalkanis responded to this. And I think it opens up a cool combo for us. So, um, so some of them are this, you know, it says, uh, this law firm, um, you are now playing in the big leagues, which is a privilege. So act like it. We are in the business of client services. You are the concierge at four seasons. Oh, um, the client always comes first and is always right. If a client wants a mountain moved, we move it, no questions. As a junior, your clients are the associates and partners on the deal team. You are online 24-7, no exceptions, no excuses. Clients expect everything to be done perfectly and delivered yesterday. Someone is paying $850 an hour for your time. Think about that in everything you do. <laughs> uh, take ownership of everything you do. And then, and then it says this. Uh, work from home is a luxury. Don't take advantage of this. Buy a full home setup, two monitors, docking station, keyboard, mouse, and a working phone, or come into the office. No poor connections, no excuses. See number three and number five. <laughs> no questions until you've tried to figure something out for yourself. 
Google unfamiliar concepts. I mean, this is just hilarious. Right. Can't figure out the, the answer. Talk to your classmates. And then I don't know is never an acceptable answer. This is your career. Embla- embrace that reality and always put your best foot forward. Um, mm-hmm. And so this guy tweets it and says, yes, this company finally put, said the quiet part out loud. Nothing, right. matters but the, nothing matters but the firm and generating billables. Your family, your health, you doesn't matter. Just bill <laughs> 24-7, no excuses. So Calcanis responds, <laughs> objectively, this is a roadmap to be insanely successful. <laughs> right. Basically saying, I like it. And then just goes back and forth with this guy. Yeah. And then a couple minutes later posts um, a question, question, what CEO misses his oldest son's wedding to close a deal and then answer <laughs> the most successful one, yeah. uh, which then triggered everybody. So right. I guess what I want to talk about is this idea, and we've talked about it before, mm-hmm. of the hard work, no excuses, grind 24-7 mentality and culture. And I, what's funny, because I read this stuff and I don't, I agree with part of it. I get it. Right. No, totally. Um, I agree with I'm like a, 99.9% of it. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Like, mm-hmm. and then obviously Cal Canis makes it extra. Yeah. He juices extra up. personal by using a, you know, Hey, miss your kid's wedding. It's yeah. worth it. That means you're a good CEO, which we obviously yeah. know that's just that's a little too far, a, a little too far, but like, let's talk about this. What do yep. you think? Um, I know the kind of boss and manager you are. Um, and what what makes you? I don't know. What does this make you? What does this make you think? So, I, I think the premise of this is absolutely correct. If you're an entrepreneur, or if you're going to work in a highly competitive um, industry where everyone is trying to beat you, your coworkers included. So this is a law firm, right? Um, they got rows and rows, hundreds and hundreds of associates. You know, come in every year. We've all seen the movies, right? Like you know the John Gresham mm-hmm. books and. Mm-hmm. And how hard it is, and being an associate and coming in, and you know, I've I've gotten to see up close and personal how you know private equity firms function with these juniors coming in, and you know they just they they just ground to dust. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking with my wife the other day. She she worked in a very kind of competitive environment, and they would have interns um, that would come in, and the interns would get the coffee, and maybe they'd get you know they're just picking up stuff right through the summer, and we were with some friends and. The wife's like, that doesn't sound right. Like you're just using them. And Pauline goes, exactly. It's a privilege for them to observe anything. Do I make them get my dry cleaning? Of course I do. Do I, you know, it's like, but it's, this is a privilege. This is not, these aren't mm-hmm. handed out for free. This mm-hmm. is a mm-hmm. true meritocracy. Mm-hmm. And if you are going to win in a race, you have to be the best. Mm-hmm. So kind of, which is a little bit, Okay, boomer, right? That's that's my generation. That's that's how we'll raise. Mm-hmm. Right. Millennials, you know, not not too much. Still pretty good. Now we're in this like Gen Z world where there's there's a sense of entitlement and you owe me and it's a privilege for this company to have me. That is crap. I know. Like, it's it's it, it's it's wild. <laughs> it is it is like so look, it, 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 there's a way to be humane. As a, as a leader, there's a way to be, I don't think missing your son's wedding is, is a good trait. So let's just put that on the record. Right, right. Um, and I think there's certainly something to work-life balance. You know, I took a week off last week and still probably worked 30 hours. Mm-hmm. You know, regular week, 60 to 80. Mm-hmm. And like, but I have hundreds of people that could do just about everything for me. So I don't need to do 
mm-hmm. 60 or 80, but I love it and I do it. And I, mm-hmm. That's what I do. And I'm 58. And, I, you know, I'm, I was sitting listening to John Maxwell yesterday all day. It was just phenomenal. And John's 75. And the, the guy is just like as going as hard and and full tilt as he ever has because he loves it. He's in his sweet spot. He's like a genius at leadership and communication. And uh, and so, like, that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. And so if you're starting at the bottom and you are confronted with this kind of list, you better get it with the program because someone's right behind you. They're going to run you over and you're going to miss mm-hmm. out. And that's mm-hmm. that's how things get better. That's mm-hmm. meritocracies at work. Um it's just the best. There's been no other system other than, you know, capitalism enshrined, uh, wrapped with some common sense. You know, it's good to care for people. You have to you have to know when people are about to break because if you break them, they're dead and then you lose them. You don't want that. Um, you need some good time off. You need a good recharge. You need to get sleep. Like you need to find your rhythm. But there's, there's no way around this kind of list if you are. If you don't want to be successful, that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting. Right. And I don't, I mean, I'm trying to think about my career and, you know, places that I've worked, especially younger and it, something I think has changed probably in the last five or six years, mm-hmm. because when I moved, I moved to LA in 2009 during the great financial crisis, nobody was working. Everyone at my age was like, dude, we were working crappy jobs. I was valeting cars at the Hollywood bowl and working for free at a production company. Like, I remember, you know, (laughs) and yeah. And there's something, something has changed, you know? And like, I remember, you know, I had a very, very high intensity, high expectation job for five, five, six years that I absolutely loved. And what I thought was interesting is the CEO there, he was like a worker. I mean, he was like, so, but it was like, the job was also semi-seasonal, you know? So there was like the summers we worked in advertising, advertising chills out a lot during the summer. And so he would go really extreme and like, Hey, we're going to take time off and we're going to, we're going to like be chill. And I'm not, I'm going to go on vacation and not respond to anything for two weeks and figure it out. And then, but then it was like, okay, we're in go time. Right. And he was there from seven to eight, seven in the morning to eight or nine at night. And like, it's almost like it's almost like there's this idea that balance or working hard is like a a bad thing or it's abuse or it's Mm -hmm. and i feel like i could just go on so many rants about this Mm -hmm. um but let's okay so keeping on the same topic because you've said you know you sort of used yourself as an example Mm -hmm. how important do you think it is for you as the leader to show that level of focus and intensity because I think maybe sometimes that's where the gulf is sometimes where yeah. there are some workplaces where it's like, man, I see the executives or the people that are, you know, up high, they're not working hard. They're just, right. you know, one thing I know is the people that I've worked for that demanded a lot of me always actually did more than I ever did or could anyway. Totally. And so how, how do you think important, how important is that for someone setting a well, culture at a, at a place? That's just the law of credibility, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can't ask someone to do something that I'm not doing. And I can't expect things out of people that I don't expect out of myself. Mm-hmm. So if I expect people to work hard and be engaged and diligent mm-hmm. about their job and go the extra mile, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not doing that, they're not going to work for me for very long because they're going to lose mm-hmm. respect. 
and they're basically going to say, this guy doesn't practice what he preaches, and mm-hmm. I'm going to go find someone who does. So absolutely imperative if you're demanding of uh, something of someone else to live up to those kind of standards. It's basic basic leadership 101. You don't, don't ask people to do things that you're not prepared to do or have not done yourself on the way up, mm-hmm. you know, in your journey. And so, but again, that to me is so common sense, but, uh, you know, sometimes that's not very common. But I think the way you do it, you can bring people. I've always tried to just bring people along with me. You know, I'm not really the guy in the office, you know, with the door closed and right. know, coming out barking orders like, you know, a couple of times a day. We don't have offices where we're remote, but like that's just not how I've done it. I, I, I'm always trying to bring people on the on the train, you know, like you want to hop mm-hmm. on, let's go, right? And it's gonna it's gonna be hard work and we're gonna do all our things and but then we'll have fun, right? We'll take time off, we'll do do life. Um and so I, I just like having people come with me and that and I like them seeing my life. I like them to like engage enough and look and, and be able to learn without me saying things just by observing mm-hmm. what I do and how I do it. So you know, it, you you've got to you won't keep people long term if you're not being truthful and uh, mm-hmm. having having uh, something worth emulating in your own life for them to, to want to follow you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, I think it transitions into uh, just kind of this next mini topic before we we close. Um, David uh, Ogilvie is legendary advertising man his book his book confessions of an ad man is like a must read he is just he is he was a genius an absolute genius um there are uh, a few different i saw i saw a tweet today some of his uh, a few days ago some of his business principles i want to run through some of these quickly uh and just you know kind of riff on them um the first one is you know he said we admire people who work hard <laughs> we dislike passengers who don't pull their weight on the boat uh he says, um, we admire people with first-class brains because you cannot run a great advertising agency without brainy people. I think what he means there is just people who are willing to think <laughs> and yeah. think deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, we admire people who avoid politics, office politics, I mean, mm-hmm. which I yep. thought was really interesting. So let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. There is just in any workplace – there mm-hmm. is office politics. And I mm-hmm. love, he just says, I, I, we admire people who avoid it. Like, we're just not going to play that game. Right. Um, and you brought up a meritocracy uh, just right. a few minutes ago. Uh, maybe let's talk about that. Yeah. Everyone despises that person who's trying to climb the ladder by pushing other people down. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what office politics is. It's mm-hmm. promoting and big noting yourself over coworkers either behind their backs or straight out in front of them and talking about how good you are and how bad they are, right? Either subtly behind their back, like just insinuating certain things about so-and-so colleague of yours didn't really put in the time, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, The opposite is a thousand times better. And this is the opposite. Praising your colleagues, giving credit where credit is due, celebrating other people's wins, and basically being so self-confident in your own ability to do things, you are not a small person on the inside that needs to push other people down to elevate yourself. If mm-hmm. you do that in the workplace, the people at the top will see that and you will be promoted faster than you know what to do with. Mm-hmm. Because they know that, you know, 
if if you're the kind of person that loves to promote and see other mm-hmm. people win, you are a winner. Mm-hmm. And and you're mm-hmm. not petty and, and you're not small. You're, yep. You have a big enough spirit and vision to celebrate other people's victories. That's the mm-hmm. way you move up the chain. And that's like the politic thing. No, everyone hates it. It's mm-hmm. just so small. And mm-hmm. and you know you have managers that are trying to impress the you know the C-suite or whatever, and they're pushing juniors down, and they're not. Junior comes with you know a great idea, and they're taking credit for themselves. Mm-hmm. Just you know, apart from not being Christ-like, right? Like remember, you know, we mm-hmm. we're overlaying our faith in in our everyday work. Um, man, we're that's the opposite of how Jesus. Yeah, it's just us. lame. It's yeah. just lame. It's just weak yeah. and lame. So yeah, but, and it doesn't work. It's not a long. It's so strategy. obvious, and it's, it's so, so obvious, obvious, right? It's so literally everything you just said are the remaining seven oh, ones of these. He said, he said we despise it, people. He says we despise people who suck up to their bosses. They are generally the same people who bully their subordinates. Correct. Uh, he said we admire great professionals, the craftsmen who do their jobs with superlative excellence. We notice that these people always respect the professional expertise of their colleagues in other departments. Yeah. And he said, we admire people who hire subordinates who are good enough to, su- to succeed, that, succeed them. We pity people who are so insecure that they feel compelled to hire inferior specimens as their <laughs> subordinates. Yeah. Um, I and, love the language. Yeah, it's probably, so old like, school. Oh, yeah, it's so 70s, old school. He's 60s yeah. and 70s, right? And, uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> it's a throwback. Yeah, um, it's... Uh, Kissing up and, and kicking down is, is the term you know I mm-hmm. use, and I've been around some of those people, um, mm-hmm. and over my life, I remember a guy who would kiss up so good, you hardly knew he was doing it, and for many years it was it went unnoticed that he was kicking down and mm-hmm. really doing things to to people under him that were atrocious, like. Mm-hmm like abuse, you know, not, not physical mm-hmm. or sexual, but it's just, it was mental abuse. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it eventually came out and, uh, mm-hmm. and it's kind of shocking, you know, when mm-hmm. you see it, but, mm-hmm. uh, he was, he was a master manipulator at it, but most of them are much more obvious than that. Mm-hmm. And you, you see it pretty quick. And so, yeah, those people don't laugh long around me. How do you, um, how do you sniff that stuff out? And mm. then and then correct it. And then I guess how important is it? And again, we're talking to people who you know yeah. the person that this matters to is someone who leads a bigger organization. But right. I assume the culture that you start at the beginning is the culture that grows with you. 100%. So how in the early days of Tithely uh, or sure any organization you've ever yeah. led in the early days, how focused have you been on protecting some of that um, culture? I mean, before I was a leader, I was a follower, you know, and I, I'm still a follower too. Just because I lead in some areas doesn't mean I lead in all areas. So. You know, I think you come into, you know, a work environment where you're there to contribute. You've got skills. Um, you can learn and get better at those skills. But I'm, I'm here to make the product or service better, right? In the church world, same thing. I'm here to make it better. If I'm on a leadership team, I want to add value to mm-hmm. whatever it is we're all focused on doing. Um, so I think you that's where everyone starts. You don't start at the top. You start mm-hmm. out serving someone else's vision, Um and and then you know you, you grow along the way. I think that it's the one of the hardest things is dissecting people's motives sometimes. And the bigger you get, the further removed you get because there's management layers, and so that gets even more difficult. Um, you know, it's just hard. So you got to have really loyal people that you trust, that you've been in the trenches in the fire with, that mm-hmm. will tell you the truth 
about certain mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and so that you can make good decisions. But deception is deception. I mean, like deception is, is like I got deceived about something for a long time and I didn't discern what the truth was. Hopefully as you get older, you, 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 you're quicker to it. Um, but it's just, you know, it's a thing. So you've got to keep, you've got to have trusted people around you that can tell you the truth. It's probably another good thing because they're going to act a certain way in front of you because you're the boss and then they're going to act and do certain things around other people. So you want, I, I always have spies at every level. Mm-hmm. Like I have <laughs> yeah. people in, in that, that I probably have been in the organization a long time and may have not led, be a leader because either they don't want to be or they're really good at what they do and they're happy like doing what they do, right? They don't particularly want to manage people, but they're super loyal to the mm-hmm. organization, um, whether it was in church or, you know, in business. And, I, I, you know, every now and again, I'll make a phone call. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and I'll, I will literally jump like three levels of leadership down to have a conversation with someone that I trust if I've got some issue. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I got something rumbling and I don't know, I'll go to this person who has kind of no skin in the game. They're, they're a worker. They love their job. They've been around for years. They will tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. Unbunched. Mm-hmm. And you know, once or twice a year, I've got to do that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's a technique that I don't, I don't kind of know if people agree with it. But you know, I had people. I knew I, in in church life, there were people that if I wanted to get a message out to the congregation, I knew they would. Whatever I told them, mm-hmm. they would tell everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if I didn't want something to be known, I wouldn't tell them. Wouldn't tell them, yeah. But if I wanted something to, to go, go through the like the church grapevine, mm-hmm. I would, you know, grab five minutes to have a coffee and, I, and I'd say, hey, you know, we're thinking about doing this and this and this. And, uh, you know, I'm like, keep it on the down for now. <laughs> Within like minutes. You're getting emails. Thing. You're oh, getting right. emails hours later. Look, That's amazing. It, it sounds a bit kind of, kind of sinister, but. You know, you got to. It goes both ways. You got to have loyal people. Why is this a serpent? Why is this a serpent innocent as a dove? Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Thank you, yeah. man, for rescuing that scripturally. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. It's so true. It's so true. Especially and and not to derail us, but I think when you are leading something, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a leader, part of your job is a protector. And sometimes mm-hmm. to be a protector, you gotta um, within integrity and within conviction. You gotta, you gotta protect the, you gotta protect yep. the flock, yep. you know? Absolutely. Uh, so anyways, uh, Dean, as usual, this has been amazing. Thank you. No hey, if you're listening, uh, do us a massive, massive solid and, uh, like the show, leave us a review, rate it, follow us on YouTube. Um, we're just continuing to hear from people, uh, who love listening. So, um, yeah, we will see you next week. Thanks for being a part of Kings and Priests. We'll Bye. talk to you soon.